Welcome to this episode of the Terrier Talks podcast. I'm Kurt McPhail, the Executive Director of the Career Center and the Office of Entrepreneurship and Innovation at Wofford College, and one of the hosts for the Terrier Talks podcast. This podcast is a partnership between the Career Center and the Alumni Office at Wofford. Speaking of the Alumni Office, Dina, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Thanks, Kurt. I am Dina Roberts, Executive Director of Engagement and Annual Giving, and I'm excited to host this podcast as well. Before we jump into this podcast, I just have to say so much has changed since these were recorded. For example, we are recording this intro in separate places as we all deal with the global pandemic. And Kurt, you have a new name. We may mention the space in the podcast, but it's now officially the Career Center and the Office of Entrepreneurship and Innovation. Dina, that is so correct. So much is different since we originally recorded these. However, our goal is still the same. We want to provide an outlet to share the stories of the Wofford community. I think Reverend Talmadge Skinner, a former chaplain, said it best when he would say, you don't just come to Wofford, you join Wofford. We're really excited that you've joined us today. This episode includes an interview with Rebecca Cooper, a 2002 graduate who will share how she went from biology class to working in the national defense intelligence industry. Welcome back to the Terrier podcast. I'm Kurt McPhail with the space at Wofford College. And I'm Dina Roberts in engagement and annual giving. So we're really excited to have uh, Rebecca Cooper with us today. Um, Rebecca is a 2002 graduate from Wofford and um, graduated with a degree in biology. Um, You have an interesting role now and an interesting path, uh, Rebecca, from Wofford uh, to your current role with the Department of Defense. Would you mind sharing a little bit of, of, of just a few of the highlights of that path and a little bit about what you're doing now? Absolutely. Um, I can say when I graduated from Wofford College in 2002, I went immediately into a master's program. Uh, It was one of the first programs of its kind at Penn State. And so I was lucky enough to have my my master's actually paid for, which was great. But part of that, I worked in a laboratory at the Walter Reed Army Institute of Research. And it was at that point where I realized I really wasn't interested in pursuing lab work with a technical degree. And so um, I was basically uh, recruited into uh, working for a defense intelligence agency. And so I I decided to choose that path and really try to leverage my skills on more unconventional problem sets. And so I worked with uh, the Department of Defense for several years, and I still work with them. I work with the United States Special Operations Command. Uh, And really, my role is to try to interpret technical information uh, into basically words that senior policymakers can understand, because not everybody is a a technical person or has a technical background. So how did did you find your way to that path, even from as a freshman at Wofford and and through your Wofford experience? I would say um, Wofford is a very unique college because of how small it is and how close your relationships are with the professors. Um, My professors always had an open door policy and so they worked very well um, talking to me about the different paths that I can take and not just the traditional uh, medical paths with a a scientific background. Uh, And they really helped me identify the different opportunities that I could have with my degree. 
I'd love for us to talk about why you came to Walford, because I know you're from Pittsburgh, and um, that's an interesting one. So um, why don't you talk a little bit about that? You, so you graduate high school in Pittsburgh, um, and talk about the path that led you to Walford. I mean, why did you choose Walford? What other schools were you looking at? And those kinds of things. Um, I was very blessed to have a mother who was um, very excited and very helpful when it came to charting out my path. <laughs> Um, you know, I'm not a Gen Xer. Well, I guess I am a Gen Xer. Um, but at that time, um, you know, parents, some parents were engaged somewhere. My mother was very engaged. And so she and I sat down and we talked about um, what I wanted to do after high school. And I love the sciences. I love biology. And I knew I wanted um, a school that emphasized uh, the sciences. And so we sat down and we made the determination very quickly that I wanted to get out of the north. It's too cold. I'm sick of the snow. So my mom and I put together a list of colleges. And so we jumped in the car, drove down. Um, we visited Wake Forest. Uh, we visited Duke. We visited University of South Carolina. And I remember my mom saying, okay, we have this small school. Um, it's, you know, close to University of South Carolina. Just check it out. And I'm like, oh, okay, I've never heard of this school. And the moment that we drove on campus, I said, this is where I need to be. I hadn't even talked to anybody at that point. It was just, there was something about the atmosphere. So small and tight and comfortable. Um, and, then, and then speaking with the different professors, they just seemed very interested in, in helping you and making sure that you, you know, learn the material and you're not just a number. And so that's really how I ended up in South Carolina. And, you know, I think my mother also had ulterior motives because she wanted uh, a nice place to visit. Right. Yeah. So that was South Carolina. That's awesome. That's a great story. Tell us, um, I guess, you know, one of your favorite memories as a student at Wofford? I would say one of my uh, favorite memories was being a teacher's assistant for Dr. Moss's class, <laughs> um, his microbiology class. Um, me and my best friend at the time were in charge of growing up the bacteria. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes it didn't work, sometimes it did. But Dr. Moss had a pretty good sense of humor. Um, and again, because it was such a small school, we had such close relationships with the professors um, that we had these opportunities to be TAs, um, as well as, in some cases, you know, babysit for them. Like, that's how close the school is. And I, and I still, to this day, really appreciate that. That's great. That is one of the defining factors of Wofford, and I think uh, for those of us who went here, it was, was really important in that decision. Um, at the space, we talked to students a lot, Rebecca, about um, preparing their skills and their capacities to enter the job market and, and or the graduate school um, programs. And if you look at some of the research, there's a lot of... Um, some folks call them soft skills. Some of them call them success skills, but competencies that we need. You know, you need to know how to talk and you need to know how to write. Um, but there's also, you, you know, you need to know how to work with people and you need to know how to be a leader and those kinds of things. Um, your path has, has given you the, the ability to work outside of the United States. It's given you the ability to work in different groups that I imagine may have challenged you. Um, I'm curious about um, the skill sets that you think you honed not only at Wofford, but through your career that you would give as advice to students who are looking um, like, hey, what do I want to do? What do, what do I need to have to be successful? 
Uh, I would say I learned some critical skills at Wofford. Um, one being you have to be adaptable. You have to be flexible. Um, and I think a, a good example of that is interim. So that's unique to Wofford um, where you get to select for one month um, what you want to do uh, in between the fall and spring courses. Uh, and you get the opportunity in some cases to create your own path. And that is a lot of freedom that um, you don't necessarily have in other schools um, to be adaptable and flexible. And I also think uh, communication skills like you were speaking about, uh, we, we tend to refer to those as uh, emotional intelligence. And that is key. At some point, it doesn't matter um, how much you know, what you're trained in. If you are unable to communicate, then it, it's not it's not a very it doesn't make you, um, I would say, stronger than someone else. Uh, and I would also say, be don't be afraid to to jump off that cliff and take a risk on something that is out of your comfort zone. And again, I think uh, Wofford helped prepare me to do that uh, more so than um, maybe some larger schools would have. What's your favorite interim memory? <laughs> I would say Brazil. I can't, I still can't believe that they allowed 25 students to go to Brazil. It was um, the weeks leading up to Carnival. <laughs> and I think we only had like three professors or two professors uh, watching out for us. And uh, of course, no, you know, none of us spoke the language because it was Portuguese, it wasn't even Spanish. Um, and we had, uh, a science professor with us, and we had a humanities professor with us. And it was interesting because you had to watch what the science professor was doing, what he was eating, what he wasn't, what was he drinking, what he wasn't drinking. And, and he helped us navigate the course of, of not coming down with some food, you know, foodborne disease. Um, although uh, it was funny, uh, the, the science professor was taking garlic pills throughout the entire trip. And he did not receive any mosquito bites, where most of us were covered head to toe in mosquito bites. And he didn't tell us till after the fact that it was the, the garlic pills. Nice. Yeah. Interesting. There you go. I'll know what to take <laughs> next time I go on a trip. That's true. Um, we are, have a growing alumni base in the Washington, D.C. area. And um, just curious, you know, if you have encountered Wofford alums along the way and and, you know, what can we do to help build that network for students that are looking to come to that area? Um, I, I can actually say that um, it was one of the alumni events in D.C. that led me uh, back to here and to interact with some of my previous professors who asked me to come and, and talk to some of their classes about my experiences. Uh, so I would say definitely um, continuing with those uh, alumni events is key. And I know it's difficult, specifically in cities and states that are above the Mason-Dixon line. But um, I think that uh, I was surprised at how many uh, Wofford graduates were in the area. Um, so I would, I would definitely say that's, that's key. And I, I would continue those outreaches because you will always be surprised at where you're going to find someone from Wofford. What was it like leaving Wofford, going to grad school, and, and one of your first assignments being in South Korea? 
Um, what was it like working um, in a very different environment like that? What did you learn about yourself? Um, and would you recommend it for folks that are graduating who may have an opportunity to go work in a country they had never visited before um, and maybe with, uh, in a country with a language that they, are, um, they don't know or not familiar with? Uh, it was an incredible opportunity. I would also say um, it was lonely in some cases. Um, after graduating from Wofford and then entering into uh, a large university um, that I did, uh, Penn State University, um, I was lonely there too because I, I really missed the camaraderie um, of Wofford in, in that, that small town feel. And then moving overseas, I felt even lonelier. Um, you know, there were moments where I was regretting my decision to move overseas, but um, I stuck with it. And the incredible opportunity to learn about a different culture while being embedded in that culture, I think is so important. And and I'm going to say Wofford prepared me for that because Wofford is a liberal arts college. So they do emphasize some of those, those softer, those softer skill sets. Uh, and so... You know, I I had enough courage to do it um, by myself. As I mentioned before, I brought my cat with me. Um, and it, it was an incredible experience, and I definitely recommend um, anyone who's consider moving overseas um, to, to take that leap. You, you know, it, it doesn't have to be for very long. It's just that's the best time to immerse yourself in a different culture is by living there. So we've talked a lot about your career and your path. What do you like to do for fun what, when you have downtime? Um, my husband and I built um, a cabin, a log cabin in West Virginia. Uh, it's about two hours away from D.C., so that is where we get to relax um, away from the hustle and bustle of the city. Um, so when I say built, we, we built about uh, 40% of it with our own hands. <laughs> and I was never an outdoorsy person until we started this endeavor. How long did it take you to complete the... It took us years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's still not complete. Gotcha, gotcha. You've been out of Wofford um, for a little over 15 years. Um, you've done lots of interesting things, um, worked with committees that are, you know, are currently reporting to the White House. Um, where do you find... Um, or how do you find guidance on professional things now? Um, do you have a set of mentors that you look for? Do you have certain places you read to get information? How do you um, continue to grow yourself, um, and do you reach out to others, and, and how does that look for you in your, in your career? Absolutely. Um, I think having uh, a strong base in not only uh, professional relationships, but personal relationships, um, because at least in the uh, career field that, that I'm in, relationships are everything. It's about trust. And so the more that you can make connections, personal connections with people, the more they trust you and the easier it is to work with their department or agency because you are a known entity to them. Um, working with um, the federal government, working with um, the White House, is challenging, but again, um, being able to reach out to other people who have uh, similar experiences or even completely dissimilar experiences um, is always helpful. And I also can't stress enough um, how important it is to have a mentor, someone who's 
not even in your career field is, is probably the most beneficial because they can help you think outside the box when you're trying to determine um, what next, what, what your future might hold. Any, oh, any thoughts on, on what's ne- what is next for you? Where, where will we find Rebecca in the next 10 or 20 years? I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> I've been told it might be time to look at management um, positions, which I'm not really interested in. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure yet. Um, you've been in D.C. for um, a while and through different administrations and stuff like that. Um, how do you prepare for the change that comes along? My guess is, and as we, you know, are inundated with news, things are different, um, and they're always things all the time are different in in, in careers where, wherever you are. But um, you happen to work in a place where, if you just flip the channels, everybody's talking about it. Um, how do you deal with the change, and and how do you deal with um, you know staying grounded and focused on you know the task at hand? Um, you can't listen to um, the negativity that surrounds uh, surrounds you on social media and um, the news in general. You just have to keep reminding yourself that um, what you're doing is is a good thing. Um, you're working in national security, at least from my perspective, um, so you can't beat the mission. Um, I think you also have to understand that nothing's personal. You can't take things personally, and I think that's key. Um, and just, again, put your head down and just do a good job, even when people aren't looking. Always do the right thing and always do the best that you can. Always put your best foot forward. <laughs> that's great. I mean, those are great advice, whether you're working, as you said, for the Department of Defense and looking at weapons of mass destruction or whether you're working, you know, at a bank or anywhere else. That's that's really good. I appreciate that. Rebecca, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for coming back to Wofford and thanks for sitting down with Dina and I today to talk a little bit about your journey and provide some thoughts and reflections on what it's been like. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope you will continue to listen and share with all your Wofford connections. If you know of a member of the Wofford community whose story should be told, please email us at alumni at wofford.edu or careercenter at wofford.edu. There are some people who we have to thank that all made this possible. Thanks to student interns, Katie Husselby and Naya Lutz for being a critical part of getting this podcast started and recorded. Also thanks to Creative by Design for audio editing and enhancing.